Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylive.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hello, Parkway Life Church. And all of our guests, we're so, so glad you are in the house today. And it's going, it already is a great day and it's going to continue to be. And uh, I'm so, so honored that you're in the house. And uh, we love each and every one of you. If it's your first time, welcome. Second time, what's really good is second time you're starting to go, hey, I kind of like it. By the second time, man, you know, and these, these are the real deal. Third time, we just call you ours. You're like, you're, you're, you're just in with the rest of us, all right? So uh, glad you're with us today, and, and may this message bless you. We're starting a brand new series today called In My Feels, In My Feels, and uh, uh, let, me, let me tell you uh, about that, In My Feels, what is, where does that come from and all this kind of stuff. In My Feels is kind of a slang for going deep into your emotions, and so if you're under a certain age group, in my fields is kind of some language they use, but if you're not in that age group, you go, what do they mean by in my fields? That is kind of where it's talking about my emotions, kind of going deep into my emotions. That, that, that got me in my emotions, all right? So, so like, for instance, like you, you, if you're, you're a grandfather or grandmother, your grandkids come over and they come up and hug you and you're, you're in your fields. That's like, well, Ooh, they got me in my feels like the big grandpa, like little tears kind of well up. That's in your, you're in your feels. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Great. Everybody has emotions. Everybody has all this stuff. And, and we want to talk about some things to, to try to help you today. I really think if you'll tune in and become a doer of the word that we preach today, these next five messages really, really could affect you. And so invite a friend, bring somebody, because everybody deals with what we're talking about, especially in 2020, right? All right, in my fields today, we're going to talk about feeling low, feeling low, all right? So have you, ever, have you ever at your house set off the smoke alarm while you're cooking in the kitchen? Come on, let me, let me see, let me see. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And when that happens, it is like, it, first of all, it scares you unbelievably because you're thinking the house is burning down and, and it's so piercing loud. And we've had this happen and, and all of a sudden it's like, wee, wee. I mean, it's, it's so, and, and you go into this tizzy. I don't know if you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what, what's going on? And, and, and you're like cooking a little bacon and it started smoking just a little too much and set that off and then, then you go into like some kind of yoga to try to, to get this. I mean, you're like, you, I, I run to the back door and yank the back door. Everybody has a method. I, I, I jerk the back door for some reason. I, I think if I open the back door, it's all just going to go. And then, and then I flip on the fan. Probably the worst thing you can do if there's a fire. I don't, I don't, don't. And, and, and then I start doing this like, in front of the smoke alarm with whatever rag, closest rag, anything I can find near me, I grab it, I get around the smoke alarm, and I'm like, I mean, I'm gonna work, I'm getting the smoke away. I'm getting, am I the only one that does that? That's what I'm thinking, y'all, y'all leaving me stranded, man. And, and 
I'm, I'm getting that smoke away from that smoke alarm, but really I'm not stopping the smoke as long as there is a pan on the fire. If there's still grease burning, <laughs> I can do all this I want to in front of the smoke alarm and I move it for a moment, but it's gonna go off in a minute if I don't move the pan. If I don't get the grease off of the fire, it's gonna, it's gonna come back again. And so, word to the wise, if you smell smoke in your house, it's never wise to just kinda whiff it away. It's not the wisest thing you would ever do. In fact, emotions function a little bit like smoke from a fire. And so I want you to see that in that analogy, emotions. And that's what we're talking about, emotions, in my feels. You got me, you got me in my feels. You get, we're feeling low. You, 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 and so emotions function like that smoke in the fire. And so emotions, I want you to see this, are not the problem. Everybody has emotions. Emotions are not the problem. But listen what they are. They're the indicators of the problem. Emotions, the smoke is not the problem. It's an indicator of a problem. And emotions, what they do is tell us what's really going on in our heart. What's really going on between our two ears, that's that indicator of what's, what's really going on. And with that image in mind, I, I, I we're going to take the next few weeks to talk about five emotions and deal with five emotions that are like smoke from the fire and, and, and deal with these and help. help. We're just all gonna get some good help and hopefully we put, we put all the psychiatrists and counselors completely out of business because you apply this word and it just changes your life. All right, all right, all right. Except Adina, she needs to stay in business. She needs to stay in business. So, 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 the wise thing to do with these emotions is not try to whiff them away. The wise thing with these emotions is not to try to manage them. The wise thing with emotions is trying to figure out what is causing the emotion, what is causing the smoke. And the first emotion that we're gonna deal with today in my feels and this feeling low today is, yeah, you guessed it, depression. Depression. Isn't that a fun subject to deal with, right? Now, let me say right out of the gate, depression operates. Um, first of all, I want to say it's a very complex. It's, it's, it's heavy duty. I mean, depression has all kind of complexities to it. And the first thing I want to say today is depression operates along a continuum. And so those that are going to help me today, I, I need their help here today for just a second. And what we're going to look at is I want you to see this continuum. I, I want to try to give you a word picture for you to be able to see. And so here we have, here we have, let's just look at this one first. Here we have depression. Here we have depression. And yep, there we go. That's always good. There we go. Very, very good, guys. Here we go. And, and uh, stretch that out there. And then we have depression. That's the first thing. So we have this depression continuum. We'll get it all great going here in a minute. 
And one doctor says that depression is kind of like the common cold of emotions, that everybody deals with it, it's going to deal with it at some point in your life, maybe different dimensions of it, but it's kind of the common cold of emotions. It's just, it just hits, it just it, it touches your life. And again, some in different ways, but it touches. And, and on one end of the continuum is depression, but on the other end of the continuum is discouragement. Discouragement. And so from time to time, we all deal with and struggle with these thoughts and things that go through our heart and life and mind and emotions of just, we just get discouraged. Nothing bad about that. It just happens in life. But if not handled properly, it, it leads to, on the continuum, the other end is depression, depression. And between here and here are a lot of factors that begin to go on that are, that are all up in there. And so in this, one of, the, one of the factors is the spiritual factor, spiritual factor. And before I go there, I want to say this too. We just finished a series, and it was during the time we were in lockdown and all that stuff. It was called Gages, Gages. And if you did not see that or you did see it and you need to be reminded of it, go back. It's on our podcast. It's on our website. You can go back in there and link into it on Facebook. You can go watch it if you go back there. Gages really leans into of how to keep some of these factors in our life balanced out. And so, and so you have some factors here. You have... You have the spiritual factor, and we all kind of know that that's, that's a part of that. And then, and then you have the physical or the biological factors that come along with all this stuff going on with depression. And then you have the psychological factors that play in, and then maybe, and then maybe some, some social factors. Some things are going on in your life socially that can create discouragement that on this continuum kind of lead to Depression, and so all these things are working. And and when you when you get discouraged, when you get discouraged, it kind of changes your your view of a lot of things going on. And so maybe you get discouraged about one thing, and then it just kind of again, kind of like gauges, we get all unbalanced, and it starts kind of changing our view of a lot of things. That makes sense to anybody? Starts changing your things. Uh, I heard a statement that was spoke by a doctor one time, and at first I didn't really like it, but man, it's so true, and that is this. It said this, that discouragement, he's talking about all this stuff, he said, you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. They're like, whoa, whoa. You're like, man, I don't know if I want to be that. But you're only as happy as your only happy child, and let me tell you why, let me tell you why. Because you're discouraged about their situation, and you start seeing everything through that lens of that hurt or that discouragement. And so everything starts having a little, the smoke start going up in my emotions and because something is firing that. And so when you get discouraged, everything starts having different looks in your outlook and life and and for, for instance, your marriage, your marriage gets, it's, it's, it's just not getting better. And so you get discouraged about it, and it starts leading other, and then, then you finally resign yourself to the fact it's never going to be the family you've always wanted and dreamed of. Just, just a little bit discouraged about that, or, or something has happened that 
really shattered your sense of who you are and discouraged or, or you got cut from the team or you, 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 didn't, uh, you didn't get into the school that you thought you was going to get to or the college. It's a little bit like, oh, man, and, and, and you, you were passed over by the promotion. You knew you deserved the promotion, but you just kind of got passed over the promotion, and, and you kind of had discouragement, but it just things just kept mounting up, and, and, and we fixed this one little thing and then this and then this and this because we're kind of seeing everything through that lens, and before long it seems like, man, what's up? What's up? What's up? Because I'm now I'm, I'm struggling with my motions in a way that I didn't really intend for it to start this way. It was just discouragement. And, and then it wasn't handled properly and it kept getting to the point where it, it just started breeding this. And then and maybe, maybe a loved one passed away and you're still lonely from that. Just part of life, part of life. Maybe, maybe it's a chronic illness that set in and man, that, that it just, it just kind of, Maybe, maybe you're still single or you're single again. And it just, man. Or maybe, maybe you've blown another opportunity. You're like, oh my goodness. And, and you're convinced you're never going to have victory. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I'm never going to have victory. In fact, when I look down the continuum from this discouragement, everything I see that way is dark. Everything I see that way is there's no light at the end of the tunnel or the end of the continuum. I, everything I see down there is like, oh, man, I just don't see any hope. I don't see any victory for this. I don't see any help for this. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And, and I, I want to tell you this today because in this series, in the five emotions that I'm going to deal with in my fields, I, I, I will say this. I'm going to deal with the spiritual factor, all right? I'm going to deal with the spiritual factor, but I'm not discounting the biological, the physical, or the social side. Everybody got that? So I'm dealing with the spiritual side. You know, some, some places might tell you or some church might tell you, man, once we get the spirit taken care of and you, every, boy, one trip to an altar and you're never gonna be unhappy again. I'm like, dude, you set them up for failure. Because as soon as they feel a little unhappiness, well, I ain't spiritual. That's not, that's not, so I'm gonna deal with the spiritual factor, but I will say this, if we can get the spiritual factor healed in this situation, I do believe that it is going to help bring up the biological, the social, all of these other factors. I bring, it's like gauges. Once I get this gauge healed, it starts bringing my gauges up in other areas. Does that make sense to anybody here today? And so we're gonna work on the spiritual factor. I'm gonna deal with that today really, really strong, and I really believe it can help you in a big way. So thanks, guys. You did an awesome job, and hopefully you keep that word picture in your mind. Well, yeah, man, give it up. They're just, I mean, two big hunks, two hunks. So now that we said all this, we go to lamentations. Lamenta Y'all not ready for Lamentations. Lam, lamenta we're going to, y'all hadn't, I mean, just trust me, you hadn't heard many messages out of lamentations. It's not like, oh, it's 2020, let's come to church and be lifted up. Let me read some lamentations. You know what I mean? Or, no, 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 you don't go to lamentations, but we go going to lamentations. 
Lamentations chapter three, and this is what's going on. First of all, I wanna say this. We got this guy who is the writer. His name is Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Oh my God, Jeremiah. Can I give you a little heads up? They call him the weeping prophet. Woo, it's gonna be a good day today. Like, I need some songs. Let's sing some songs. Let's sing some songs with the heart with David. I want to go down there, Psalm 23, down there by the, by the river and get my cup out and be blessed by the Lord, drink some coffee, and his cup, my cup runneth over. And Man, those sell good. I mean, we even go to funerals and read that. It's like lifts up everybody, encourages it. Or we go over to Song of Solomon and we're like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, that, that one will sell. That's a manual for a blessing right there. Huh? And you're going, I've never read Song of Solomon. Go home, it's going to bless you. It's going to bless you. Those fly off the shelves. I mean, it's going to, those fly off the shelf, man. Song of Solomon, it's, it's good stuff, but Lamentations? The weeping prophet? You feeling low? Here we go. Now, let me give you a heads up before we get there. Is that cool? Let me give you a heads up. We're going into this, but I need to tell you the, the backstory for you to really understand what we're about to read. Jeremiah, he is the prophet in Israel, in Jerusalem, and the entire area has been turned over to the enemy because of Israel's sin. Okay, you got to get a picture. They're not doing right. They've had moral failure, moral decline. God said, that's enough. And the enemy came in from Babylon and stole, started. And so Jeremiah's watching this, the decline. And then he watches some of his best friends, the people he loves the most. He watched one after one as they are violently deported to Babylon. I mean, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly. He watches things happen and ugly stuff going on. And then this is the toughie. He watches as Solomon's temple, the great Solomon's temple, that people stood in awe. People you know, came in their chariots from all over to see Solomon. Even in today, it would be a, it would be a marvel. It was tore down. Babylon came in and just tore it down, this great temple. And Jeremiah weeps what he sees he's broken at what he sees he's discouraged big time and it just keeps mounting up in his life the discouragement one after the other one after the other and then and then the people were saying but I think the worst is over I, I think I think it's I think this thing's gonna start turning for the good I, I, I think good things are, are about to happen in Jerusalem God tells Jeremiah, no, it's not. It's not over. In fact, it's about to get worse. And I want you to go tell the people. My, my hand's not up for that job. And Jeremiah's like, oh, he's already been so discouraged and sober. And he has to go to the people he loves. And he has to tell them it's fixing to get worse in the land. It's fixing to get worse. And the people are angry at Jeremiah. 
They're upset at Jeremiah. They don't like it. In fact, they say, man, he's a, he's a false prophet. In fact, what they really did, they said he's a traitor. He's for the other people. He's working for them and not for us. And Jeremiah's, I'm just doing what God told me and this is, this is how it's gonna happen, but you're a traitor. And so they grab him and bring him to Jeremiah chapter 38 and verse six. And this, this, this is, I'm, I'm setting up the story that I'm about to read. Jeremiah chapter 38 and verse six says he, they threw him into a dungeon and he buried up to mud to his armpits. All right? It's not good. If there can be hell on earth, he's in it. He's in a miserable, he's broken, there's weeping, there's crying, and then all of the other stuff, and now the ones he's fighting for says he's a traitor. He's in the bottom of the dungeon in a mud up to his armpits. It was from this miserable place that Jeremiah composed the poems, and we're about to now dive down into the middle of the pit with him. Are you ready? You're like, I don't know, I feel a little depressed right now. It's fixing to get better. All right, here we go. You ready? This, this is going to help you. Lamentations chapter 3 says this. You ready? He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Dude, it's bad in here. He said this. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. Wait a minute. I didn't tell you who the he is he's talking about. The he that he's saying in these verses, he's talking about God. The he, he feels like God is doing all of this to him. Verse seven, listen to what he says. He has walled me about. Now you get the picture here. He has walled me about so that I can't escape. He's talking, he's talking about God. He has made my chains heavy, verse eight. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. What I'm doing is taking the, I have like 30 verses, so I'm taking these and breaking these down and paraphrasing some of them, but I'm trying to get you to see the picture of what's going on here in each verse. He, 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 he said, though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. In other words, what he's saying is, God's not listening to me anymore. Have you ever felt like that? Like God's not listening, you wonder, hey God, are, are, you, are you behind this? Are, are you even, are you the one that's behind all this? If not that, at least you're not doing anything to stop this. And I'm struggling with it, I'm struggling. And some of us have all kind of thought the same things as we, as we God, where are you even at right now? I mean, we're hurting and are you behind it or you're not stopping it or it's where Jeremiah's at. And then this thing, this little emotion comes up on the continuum. It says this, well, 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 real Christians don't ever feel like this. If you are a real Christian, you wouldn't feel like this. And Charles, well, let me tell you this. Jeremiah was a God-fearing prophet of God who was a godly man, and he felt like that. Charles Spurgeon, who say, they say is one of the greatest preachers of all time, 
was so depressed at times in his ministry that he completely wanted to quit numerous times. Martin Luther, you've heard of him. His wife, at certain seasons of his life, had to take the knives out of the house because she was scared of what he might do trying to take his own life. Real Christians, real people that love God but had these emotions that went from discouragement to depression and then, well, if I was a real Christian, no, 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 that, that, that's, that's not where we're, we're at. And, and verse nine, every time I see a way out and, and start to make headway, listen to what he says, God crushes it. Verse 14, I have become the laughing stock of all people. This has all driven me to self-doubt. Oh, my God. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Verse 15, he has filled me with bitterness. He, verse 16, he has made my teeth grind on gravel. Verse 17, I have forgotten what happiness is. Verse 18, my hope is perished. Can you see him writing this? Verse 20, verse 20, I want you to recognize 20, 20. Verse 20, he says this, my soul is depressed within me. You're talking about feeling low. You're talking about down in the dumps. <laughs> You're talking about in a struggle. My soul is depressed within me. And I'm thinking like, is this the Bible? Is this like, you're surely reading now the Bible that we don't believe in or something. Because this can't be the Bible. Is, shouldn't the editor maybe have kind of weeded this part out, left this part out? Couldn't we just stuck with the Psalms and the, the Song of Solomon and the goods? But, 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 but why did, oh yeah, let me tell you this, the editor was God. Why didn't God just leave this out? I mean, I'm wanting to look at Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, listen, bro, take you an aspirin, get a nap, you'll feel better tomorrow. Let's try to redo this again. Let's try to rewrite this again. Because this needs to fit in the good book. We need to, we need to feel good. We need to, and, and, so, and so could you edit have edited this out? And, but God put this in the book. Now, I want you to know what I said. God put this in the book. And God put this in the book because he wants of those of us who suffer to know, for you to know that he knows how you feel. That's why, he's, that's why it's in there. It's in there to let you know when you're in hardships, when you're down, and when you're low, when you're feeling low. God said, I got something for you. I need to let you know I need to let you know you're not by yourself. I put this up in your world to let you know that Jeremiah, my prophet, felt right where you, right what you're feeling. He was in his fields and you're in your fields right now. And I need to put that in there for my kids to let them know I, I'm crazy, I'm crazy in love with him. And so when the smoke comes up from this fire, you need to understand you're still Christian and I still love you and I still believe in you because I'm gonna put it in there to let you know you are passionately loved 
by, by me. I mean, everything that the Lord wrote was about how much he was in love with us. Oh, yeah, that song of Solomon, it's about two lovers. It's a type of what, how much Christ loves you. It's all, all I mean, every song, every song, every, everything's written, written for you to know, that to, 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 to feel better about where you're at and let you know that I'm, I'm crazy in love with you. So here we go, here we go, here we go. It's okay for you to express your emotions to God. It's, it's okay. God put it in the book for, so that you could express your emotions to God. God, this is how I feel. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of scared to be honest with God. Honey. Now, I'm going to write something. It's going to be on the screen for you, but look at this. Look at this. This is so important. It's okay for you to express your emotions to God. Look at this closely. Jeremiah's lament is honest even if it's not accurate. <laughs> it's honest even if it's not accurate. It's not accurate, by the way. God loved him passionately. God didn't do all of those things to him. But Jeremiah felt that way, and one of the first healers when you're in your fields and struggling with feeling low, one of your first healing factors is to be honest. To be honest with God is one of the first steps you can take in the process of healing what you're going through is to be honest with God. I mean, to, be, to, to just, it may not be accurate, but you're honest. Now, I'm not gonna have you raise your hand, but have you ever felt like God had it out for you? Have you ever felt like, well, God must have forgot who I am. God must not know my name. He knows everybody else's hair on their head, but he don't know anything about mine. I mean, he's picking on me. He's at, I mean, all of us at some time or another have, have blamed God on some things, and God's saying, listen, even if you're not accurate, I need you to be honest because God knows who he is. See, we're going, oh, oh Jeremiah, don't be, don't be saying that, man. Don't be saying that. Hey, don't you get that honest in a prayer room. Don't get that honest on your knees with God. And God said, listen, I know who I am. I, I spun the heavens into existence. I, got, I know who I am. It's you that don't know who you are, and I want to heal you. And even if, you don't, even if you're not accurate, would you please be honest because it's the first step in healing your depression. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today? Be honest with God. It's all right. It's all right to be like Job and say, "Job, I've looked on north, south, east, and west. I can't find you." And God said, "I'm right here. That's not accurate, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm crazy in love with you, Job." I mean, one story after next in the Bible is proving us people who went through discouragement and then it bled into depression and they're honest with God and they came through and God brought them through and he showed them the truth. But the first thing they had struggled with is, is with an inaccurate view of God, but that, God's cool with that if you would just voice. Now, you're not gonna hear that in some places. I understand that. But trust me, it's theologically correct. You can be honest with God when it hurts. It's all right to weep because you lost a loved one. I've heard some people say, you don't want to ask God why. God may not answer it, but it's cool to ask. It's cool to voice. It's cool to... I hope this is ministering to somebody today. 
And I point that out because I want you to see that it's okay to be honest, deeply honest with God. Deeply honest with God. I, I know, I know we, some of us like to go, well, 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 well. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'll tell you what I think. Are you feeling sad? Kick on some K-love. It's the encouraged contemporary Christian view that we should all have. K-love. And I'm not against K-love, but some of us have you being a Christian like, hey, K-love. Everything's wonderful and everything's great and that's bad theology. Because as sure as the time somebody sitting next to you goes through a hardship and they look over at you and they see you on the mountaintop and they're not, they think I must not belong here because I hurt, I have pain. And God says, I got a book for you to let you know you're not by yourself. You're still Christian. I still love you. I still believe in you. But you got to understand, I'm in the middle of your pain. I'm in the middle of your brokenness. I'm in the middle of your struggle. I got love. It's J-Love. That's good stuff right there. That's Jesus, by the way. That's Jesus. You need a God who walks through pain with you. I need a God who walks through pain with me, people. Are you with me? I want to say this. I'm glad I serve a God who loves me enough to walk through lamentations with me. Come on, man. So... Healing in my field starts with honesty before God, but, but it doesn't stop there. Now, folks, I know if I just stop right now and send you home, you're like, oh, my Lord, please don't dismiss right now. Please don't. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. I amplified earlier saying that was verse 20. Now, Jeremiah's still in the pit. He's still up his armpits and, and mud. But verse 21 is possibly one of the greatest transitions and transformations in the Bible. Watch what's about to happen. Verse 21. Ooh, I can't wait to preach this right now. Y'all ready? Y'all got your amens ready? Uh, I'm just checking on you, all right. All of a sudden, Jeremiah, and I can see him kind of saying it defiantly, speaking up defiantly he says this verse 21 but this I call to mind I'm going to preach on that in a second and therefore I and I put this in there choose to and therefore I choose to have hope Ah, man, I'm down. I'm struggling. I can see him right here. I'm, I'm the weeping prophet. That's something you really want to be known about through the ages. Oh, my soul is depressed. I call to mind. I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. When troubles come my way, I have hope. I like this word. Oh, yeah. 
when things are not well with me. I have hope. Oh, yeah. I forgot the song that I'm singing. I have hope. Oh, here it is. It's a beautiful hope that sets me free. Somebody who wrote that song is struggling and called something to mind and said, my hope is what's gonna bring me my freedom. <laughs> and what I'm, and then you're going, you're going, well, what do I have hope in? What do I have hope in? And from verses 25 to verse 33, he spells that out, but I'm gonna say it this way. I have hope in the goodness of God. I have hope in the good. I have hope when troubles. When I when I look through that discouragement, when I I have hope. Oh yeah, I'm calling to my. When things are not well with me, I have hope. It's a beautiful hope that sets me free. I didn't just write that. That's really a song. Hope, when I look down the continuum of what was darkness on the other side where it used to be a tunnel and only led to darkness, on this end, all of a sudden there's a light and the light is the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Come on, church, it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. And this is the anchor point in Jeremiah's answer to spiritual depression, the factor of spiritual depression, the anchor point, the healing for it is that this and that is this healing that you look to the God, to the God of hope and let him sow into you the goodness of God. I wanna look at my life and say, hey, I may be in a pit right now, but there's been some goodness of God that's been around. And, and there's no one in this church that can't say, God's been good to you. There's been some tough times, there's been some rough times, there's been some ups and there's been downs, but God has been good to me. Hallelujah. I think to myself that God has been good to What I think to myself is a wonderful world. I'm gonna sing till y'all get some happy on. Huh? Hey, hey, you gotta think to yourself. You gotta make a decision in your mind. You gotta let what's between your ears and in your heart to say, hey, I may be discouraged in the moment, but when I look and see the light of the goodness of God. By the way, it's the goodness of God that led you to repentance. The goodness of God. He been mighty, mighty good to you. He's blessed you. And so, but I look at this part, and this is what I want to amplify in that verse, if you put it back on the screen. I call to mind. In my pain, I cling, I cling to the goodness of mine. I call, what am I calling to mind? What am I, what's coming back? I call to mind the goodness of God. What does that mean? What's, what does that mean? It's not naturally in there. I had to call it up. Hello. I called a mind. I need the goodness of God to come in this situation 
and deliver and strengthen my mind and my heart. I'm gonna call to mind. I'm gonna call it up. We would say, and preachers, we'd say, you need to preach to yourself. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, David, you be encouraged. In Jesus' name, he said, Machuca, be encouraged in Jesus' name. When I said Machuca, I spoke to the whole Machuca clan. Saying, Jessica, I encourage myself in the Lord. You have to go, Jessica, today's the day that I'm gonna look at the goodness of God more than the brokenness of my life. Huh? I'm gonna make it in my mind right now in my spirit that I'm gonna call it to mind. Oh, mine, you better wake up. So here he is. He's in the pit. He's weeping. He's, he's throwing it. Oh, God. Oh, oh. I can't get it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. I see what's going on. It's not naturally in there, but I'm going to call on it. I call to mind. Just tell you, let me tell you, the enemy wants to keep you in your the smoke of your feelings. He wants to keep you working the smoke detector and not calling to mind the goodness of God. Now, I I don't know if y'all realize that's very revelatory. Not that you've never heard it, but you're not doing it. Because when we go through tough times, the last thing we say is, whoo, God's been good to me yesterday, today, and forever. We're like, oh, God. I'm in this moment. I'm in this brokenness. I'm in this loneliness. I'm in this moment. And and here is a phrase that I want you to remember. Listen to this closely. And this is deep, deep, deep right here. And so you're going to need to take a picture of it. It's going to be on the screen for you. You need to take a picture because you may not completely get it to Wednesday or Thursday because it's deep. I'm serious. And I'm not making fun. It's really, really deep. It says this. And that is, this is what I want you to get. We must never feel our way into our beliefs. We must believe our way into our feelings. <laughs> Told y'all it's deep. I did warn you, however. We must never feel our way into our beliefs. What are you saying? Folks, feelings don't have brains. Feelings don't have brains. I can't feel my way into beliefs. And the Christian really anchors all of his truth in his feelings. That's, well, no, I shouldn't go there, but I am. There is some church that their entire relationship with God is to keep people propped up in their feelings. We chose not to raise up a church here in Lumberton, Texas. This is our vision, whatever. And that is, we're not trying to anchor everything around your feelings. What we want to do is anchor everything around your beliefs. Because my feelings will trick me to think that all of Christendom and all my walk with God, God is not in my now, he's not in my today, he's not, he, he don't love me anymore because I did that or he don't care for me anymore because I, man, I got, ooh, you ought to see my past, you ought to, I, boy, and I get to think of all of my feelings based around, and the devil drags up all of that junk when you're in your fields and you're 
basing your entire Christianity around your feelings. The devil's like, bring them all home, baby. Bring them all home. God said, no, 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 no. That's not the way we're going to work this. We're not going to direct it that way. What we're going to do is we're going to run over here and we're going to believe our way into our feelings. We're going to know this. That before anything else, in my hurt, in my loneliness, in my chronic illness, and my and the death of someone, whatever, I'm gonna believe that God is good and He's crazy about me and He loves me. I am I am chosen by God. I am not a failure. He knitted me in my mother's womb. He has everything taken care of. He knows the end from the beginning. He loves me. He died for me. He bled for me. He gave his stripes on his back for me. He's crazy about me. I'm gonna believe my way into my feelings. Can I get anybody help me preach today? Can I get anybody help me preach today? I'm going to believe my way into my feelings. Come on church, would you stand with me and give give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. I'm going to, what do you believe in right now? What do you believe in right now? I believe that the Lord is good. He's good. He's good, he's good. Stay with me, stay standing with me just a minute. Stay standing with me just a minute. And here's a phrase that I want you to remember and I put it on the screen for you to take a picture. We must never feel our way into our beliefs, but we must believe our way into our feelings. It's big, it's big. You need to see that on Tuesday. You need to see that on Wednesday. I'm not through preaching, so they're gonna come up and get ready to sing, but please, I got some good stuff coming your way. Stay with me just a second. And so what we feel is not the most reliable indicator of what is true. And so you may feel like God's forgotten you or he's distant from you. But all those things are not true. They're a lie from the devil. They're a lie from the enemy. I choose to believe in him and it changes what I feel in my feels. Luther, Luther, I'm gonna go back to Luther just a minute. He made a statement that's just brilliant. He said this. He said, he called this the drowning out the voices of despair with the louder voice of the gospel. Well, that's good right there, isn't it? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drown out the voice of despair with the louder voice of the gospel. And this is what he would do. At times, Luther would shout to the devil, shout out to the devil, and he would say this. He would say, No! I have not been abandoned. I have not been forsaken. God's word tells me and the cross proves it to me. Folks, that's, that's awesome. And that's what Luther said because what Luther is saying right here is I am speaking the God truth in this moment where I'm in my fields and there's smoke going up and the smoke of depression is trying to 
control me in this moment and I can't manage it anymore. And Luther's saying this, I want to tell you this, you have not been abandoned. We got a book that tells us that. You have not been forsaken. God's words tells that and the cross absolutely stands as proof for that. And so what we're going to do here today, I want you to say that with me. We're going to say this out loud, okay? I want you to say it out loud, but we're going to say no. Let's practice. You ready? One, two, three. No! That, 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 that. That's all right. That's all right. Now, the rest of the folks come to church and say it with me. You ready? And, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to say it like you're ticked off, mad at the enemy, and you're speaking it with authority and power. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. That's good. Let's try it one more time. Now, this time, this, I want you to take your cool off. I want to take you, oh, I don't get real talkity in church. Take that off because there's a lot of motions going on when you're depressed. I want you to put those same motions up in this because this is what we're going to believe. You ready? One, two, I'm going to say it with you on the count of three. One, two. One, two, three. No. no. Beautiful. Now, let's go to the rest of it. Let's start over. One, two, three. No. I not been abandoned. I have One more time, you ready? One, two, three. Give God a shout of praise. Amen. Shouting that. I'm shouting that. Shouting that. God's word proves that. God's word proves that. Now, 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 I know you're standing, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quick, but I gotta let you know a little bit more of chapter three. Because remember, I told you the great transformation. He said, My God's good, man. I'm telling you, I'm God's good. He, he says in verse 24, listen to this, listen. The Lord, here it is my portion. Says my so my soul's starting to talk to me. The Lord is my portion. I'm starting to control my feelings with my beliefs. And this, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. Now, you got to see this. The, the, the Greek word for the word portion here is the word that's talking about what the Jewish considers all of their inheritance from their land. So, say the grandfather passes away and he passes the portion to his son. The son, you see it? It keeps, he's passing down the portion. It's all about land and inheritance. And Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. What he's saying here is this. Every bit of my land, every bit of my inheritance, everything I have has been stolen by the Babylons, by, by the Babylonians. Everything has been stolen. I have no inheritance there. But I gotta tell you this. In my fields, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. In other words, this, if you put a big old pie out here and it's called God's blessings, he's saying this, I don't have my land, I don't have my inheritance, I don't have anything more, but I have the best slice of God's blessing and that is the Lord is my portion, says my soul, and I will have hope in him. Verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He's still in the pit. He's still got mud. 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And then he says this. We write songs about this part right here. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We see songs about this last part because it's given a type of when the sun comes up in the morning, every single morning when the sun starts to rise, Jeremiah is in his jail cell and out a little window can see the sun start coming up and more the sun comes up, the more it pushes out the darkness of the cell. The sun's coming up and going, get out of here, darkness, get out, go, 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 go. And, 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 and Jeremiah's saying this, every morning, every morning when the sun comes up, there's a new step of his faithfulness into this and says, hey, 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 in your mind, in your spirit, that darkness got to go, got to get out, got to move, got to go. Yeah, and that, that shade and the level of darkness, it's got to go. That depression's got to go. We got, I'm, I'm moving it out. I want to heal the spiritual factors. And how I'm doing that is through the power of knowing that God is good every, every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The sun, the power of his blessings, the glory of who he is washes out every morning and I lean into him see don't 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 carry the night into the day thinking that there's no hope the night's just a short period but the sun comes up and then it'll go back dark again but don't get hung up in this year thinking that it's going to always be that way you have to believe in the morning, the sun will rise again. And if I lean into the creator that can the sun come up, I'm the same one that can bring light back to your darkness. Are you feeling low today? God's grace and God's mercy. I, I preach this message. I was talking to a healthcare uh, person here just a couple weeks ago. In fact, I think she's in the room today. I saw her walk in. But she said this, and she said, the healthcare profession is in the fight right now on, on all of the depression and the, the mental health struggle with depression right now. 2020 has just like pushed the button. So much, if I understand what she told me correctly, she said that Baptist Hospital and St. E are having to trade off days that they handle all of the, the folks walking in struggling with the, this issues. They're trading on, so this, and then they go back and let them do, it's trading off so they can handle the load. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The church and this message and what I'm speaking to you today, it may not be for you and your now, but this world desperately needs to hear what I'm preaching today. I would go home and share this message 47 times because somebody in your world of influence needs the voice of the Lord to speak to them and tell them it's not over. The sun's coming up. God's got this. You ought to understand I'm going to lean into him. I'm going to let my belief control my feelings. And so this is what I want to do as, as we're, we're about to sing, but this is what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. I'm gonna, I want us to make a statement. Again, it's going to be on the screen for you. Ready? You ready? Here we go. Here we go. If you're not dead, God's not done. Amen. 
if you're not dead, are you dead? If you are dead, we're gonna, we're gonna, that's something else we need to deal with. But if you're not dead, God's not done. Now I want you to turn, I want, I want you to say it out loud. Would you do it? I got you repeating all kinds of stuff today. You ready? Here we go. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and look at them and speak it to them as a word. Would you do it? Say it. One, two, three. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. If you're not dead, we're about to sing, and this is not a filler song. This is not a filler song that we're about to sing. This is what you need to hear. You need to get this in your brain and sing it this week in your spirit because this is the deal. Are you ready? Listen to this song and worship with it the goodness of God. Would you, would you bow your head with me? I want to pray over you today. Heavenly Father, there's not a person in the room that some season in our life or some place in our life has not suffered with rejection. God, it's just, it's in our lives, part of our lives. But God, there's times when things keep mounting up and we see through, through those lens that it leads to something darker in our world called depression. And Lord, you wrote, put together lamentations so we would understand, God, we're not by ourselves, but there is a healing for this. There's a strength for this. And so, God, when we hit those moments of rejection, when we hit those moments of depression, we are going to shout out, I am of favor with God. I am blessed by the Lord. I may not understand it, God, but I trust you. And I love you. And I believe in you. And I worship you. God, carry that and take us and heal us in our feelings. Strengthen us in our fields and touch us in Jesus' name. God, if there is anyone here today, anyone here today that even in the last year has contemplated, they've gotten so low, they contemplated things that they would have never dreamed they would contemplate. God, I come against that in the power that you've invested in me in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against that. God, would you recall to them in their darkness the goodness of God and all of the acts of goodness that you have put in their life and raise them up out of their darkness and bring fresh light in the morning. I ask that in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen, 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 amen. One more time. If you're not dead, God's not done. Ready? If you're not dead, God's not done. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night. Thanks for being in the house of the Lord. Next week, can't wait to talk to you again.